This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. This podcast has bad words. <laughs> Hello, Minimizers. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Do you ever treat yourself poorly with negative self-talk, mm. self-doubt, and even self-hatred? Mm. Are the stories you tell yourself making you miserable? Well, perhaps there's a holistic approach to change your attitude, mindset, and behavior. Maybe there's a simple way to love and encourage the most important person in your life. You. That's what we're going to explore today. We're here with the author of the new book, The High Five Habit. Mel Robbins is here. Mel, yeah. thanks for joining us. Whoa. Thanks Whoa. for being here. You know what I just realized? What's that? This is so perfect for you guys. Yeah. Because what we're going to learn to live uh, with, the, the stuff we're going to have less of when we're done talking and you implement this is you're going to have less self-doubt. You're going to have less self-criticism. You're going to have less mental, emotional, physical, physiological baggage mm. that you are dragging around. Mm. We are going to throw that crap in the trash, hit delete, and leave you feeling lighter. We're going to prove to you using science that we can hit the reset button on your mind and get rid of that garbage you're dragging around. And let's go. Like, I'm so... I did, yeah. I, like, here we go. Heck yeah. Well, you know, when I saw the title of the book, it's it's the High Five Habit, by the way, holding it up here for the camera. Um, I was like, oh, this is certainly a metaphor for something before I started diving into it. And I'm like, no, she's actually talking about like getting into a habit of high-fiving yourself. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, if you, were to just, if you were to just tell me that, I would kind of be skeptical. But like you said, like there's science behind it that I can't wait to get into. We're going to dive into the book. Uh, on this minimal part, we're going to talk about self-doubt. On the maximal, we're going to dive deep into the book. Also, several ways to deal with self-hatred. Now, Mel, this is a listener-driven show. So I thought we would start with a question from one of our Patreon supporters. supporters. Frederico from Patreon has a question for us. How do I rebuild my relationship with myself when starting from ground zero? So, Mel, this is a, a pretty broad, expansive question. And so I thought maybe we would talk about this and then we would narrow down into specifically what we're talking about. So starting from ground zero might mean, hey, I had a traumatic event happen to me, or maybe my life is changing. Maybe I'm reaching a point in my life where I need to do something different. I'm learning that everything I've done to make me happy or fulfilled or satisfied isn't working. So for Frederico, where do we even start? What, what do we talk about? Uh, it, it, you actually start the exact same place we all have to start. Mm. Every morning in the mirror. Mm. Every single morning in the mirror. You see, the most important relationship that you have in life is the one you have with yourself. It yeah. is the foundation of every relationship that you have. It's the foundation of how you experience life. And what we are going to punch a hole through today is the fact that every single human being has a disgusting, ugly, self-destructive habit that mm. nobody is talking about mm. that is part of your morning routine. Yeah. And here's the habit. Frederico and everybody on the planet currently stands in front of the mirror as they brush their teeth. Hopefully you're brushing your teeth and wiping that gunk out of your mouth, mm -hmm. right? So we get rid of the dragon <laughs> breath. But <laughs> as you're doing that, you're doing one of two things. Every human being does this. You either beat the daylights out of yourself and you focus on all the stuff you need to fix, the things you hate, the parts of yourself you can't stand. And that's the good news mm. because the majority of people 
are doing the other thing. This is sad. The majority of people cannot even look at themselves in the mirror Mm. because they are disgusted or they are disappointed or they don't like how long they've let themselves go. And so every morning, part of your morning routine right now, and this is, this goes so down to the core of what's not working and what you can easily flip and change. Because if you stand in front of the mirror and you can't even look at yourself, that is a habit of self-rejection that gets repeated every single day. You are not even secure enough with yourself and accepting enough of yourself Mm. to look at the mirror and see, holy cow, because here's the other thing I want everyone to understand right now. We're going to explain the high five habit, but here's the first breakthrough. A, you're either, be honest with yourself, which do you do? Do you not look in the mirror? Or do you focus on the things that you need to fix? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I do look in the mirror. And yeah, there's certain, I'm going through the day. I'm like thinking how I could have done things differently. What I need to do the next day. Yeah, I, so I, I do look in the mirror. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I tend to avoid looking in the mirror. Mm. Yeah, why is that? You tell me. Yeah. I don't know. No, well, think about it. Why do you think you don't look in the mirror? I, I've never thought that it was a necessity uh, to to gaze upon myself to... I mean, I'm sure I glance. There's a picture of me in the mirror, but it's be- it becomes second nature in a way. Yes, and so I don't beat myself up so, so much. I mean, that's a different that's a different sort of story that we tell ourselves. But I've never thought about the power of looking in the mirror that, and how that might actually benefit me. Well, mm. I want you to consider it's not a reflection. There are two human beings in the bathroom with you every morning. There's you. Uh huh. And my daughter, she's always yeah. So now there's four <laughs> bothering me yeah. in the bathroom, or the dog, no. or whatever. Yeah, uh, or there's so there's two human beings. Right. Mm. There's you, and there's a human being in the mirror. Mm. And the human being in the mirror is really trying, mm. and they are in need of your support, and they are in need of your encouragement, and they need you to wake up and to see them, and they need you to stop beating them up, and they need some encouragement. Mm. And this is a really deep thing. And it begins every morning by simply taking a moment and being with the human being in the mirror, which I think represents your soul, your spirit, your potential. For people that you know, kind of like the inner child work and that stuff, it represents the person inside you that's still trying to heal. Mm. And if you begin your day every day by not looking in the mirror or by picking apart the things you don't like, 91% of women do not like how they look. Wow. 50% of people cannot look in the mirror. Mm, And what you just said is, is exactly right. Most of us, it's so casual, spend that moment drifting into the day where we start to think about all the things we need to do, or you know, if you're like a lot of us, you're already pile-driving yourself, going, mm-hmm. I got up too late, and I got to answer that email, and I didn't get this done, and da-da-da-da-da, and then you catch yourself in the mirror, mm. and you then start, oh, my guy look like crap, and I got to be on a Zoom call in eight minutes, mm-hmm. and I haven't walked the dog yet, and the pile-driving begins, yes, and yeah. you guys know that once your attitude goes negative, it's going to continue to take you down. Yeah. And so first things first, we got to break the habit of self-rejection. Uh. Mm. And we need to create a new habit of partnership, trust, encouragement, compassion, connection to self. Because if we can start to help you every morning to start your day with a little bit of partnership and compassion with yourself, 
If you can build the ability to like yourself, even if you're not where you want to be in life, it won't matter if other people don't like you because that can't change the fact that you like yourself. Yeah. And so this isn't about being a narcissistic asshole. This is not about being a jerk. This is not about being selfish. This is not about being some cocky, overconfident. This is about compassion. This is about support. This is about your most fundamental, profound needs. Love people. Use things. That's your book. None of us know how to love ourselves. And it begins every morning with this new habit I want you to create that I created during a terrible moment in my life called mm. the high five habit. Well, let's talk about that moment. What, okay. uh, what, what's the moment that led you to the high five habit? Okay. So, um, it was April, 2020 when I stumbled into this thing and my brand of life improvement basically involves either falling into a hole or digging one for myself. <laughs> and then realizing after uh, either trying to drink my problems away or screaming at my husband or avoiding them mm. that I need to somehow build a ladder emotionally to crawl my way out of it. Mm. And so I did not set out to go, okay, we're going to like write a book. It's going to have a five in it because <laughs> I wrote the five second rule. That's not what happened. Right. What happened is in March, on March 10th of uh, 2020, I had my dream job. I was a daytime syndicated talk show host. Right. Mm. And we were at CBS Broadcast Center. I'm 51 years old. My dreams come true. They walk into the studio and they say, we found COVID in the building. You have five minutes to evacuate. And just wow. like that, I was fired from my dream job. Mm. And I, of course, did the anti-minimalist thing. And I raced upstairs to my dressing room and grabbed every single thing that was not nailed down and shoved it into a garbage bag and dragged it down the hallway. Right. Literally stealing it. Wow. And so I'm like, I'm taking this stuff. I have no idea when I'm coming back in. <laughs> oh, wow. And so um, I, I, and I get home and I think we all had that moment. If it wasn't during the pandemic, you've had that moment in your life that I say draws a line in the sand. There's a before and an after. Mm. Whether it's somebody saying, I don't love you anymore, or breaking your back, Mm. or deciding Montana's for me. Mm -hmm. There are moments in your life, good and bad, where there is a line in the sand and you know that things will never be the same again. Mm. That's right. Yeah. So describe a moment like that for yourself that was negative. Yeah, yeah. Well, most people listening to this know, know the story. My mom died. My marriage ended both in the same month. And it was like getting into two car crashes. One car crash led to the other one in a way. It smacked me in there. And from that moment, I didn't know what was going to be different, but I knew that things weren't ever going to go back to whatever was in the rear view. Yeah, mm. excellent. Yeah. Oh, man, for me, it made me think of... Uh, I was very addicted to pain pills at a certain point. And when you go without um, the opioids, you get withdrawal that I would not wish on my worst enemy. And uh, I couldn't get my pills. And like across my mind where I was like, well, I could just do heroin. Like heroin's like, if I snort it, like that's okay. Yeah, as long as I'm not shooting it up, I'm not an addict. Right, exactly. And I just remember like that was this moment of like, oh shit, I need help. Like- and yeah. nothing was ever was the same ever since. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was that for me because I had, for people that know my story, I'd spent the last 10 years literally reinventing myself. We were 800 grand in debt and I was unemployed in 2008 as my husband's restaurant business was going under. Wow. And I invented the five second rule to get myself out of bed because the anxiety was so crushing. Mm. And I literally clawed my way out of that hole and it was like dragging a cruise ship through a parking lot to try to change mm. our life right mm. every day small decisions five four three two one five four three two one five four three two one and so 
fast forward 12 years, yeah. I've completely changed who I am. I've reinvented my life. I've built a business. I've paid off the debt. Mm. And so as I lose this job, I have this weird feeling where I'm like, what the heck? This is how this goes? Yeah. Mm. I'm like a nice person now. Mm. Like I, you know, have changed. <laughs> this is what you're doing to me, universe, God, like whatever you believe in. Mm. Come on. And then the publisher that was publishing a different book canceled the contract and wow. said, we want the money back. Oh, wow. Well, I hadn't written the book, so they were entitled to do that. That was yeah. a smart decision on their mm. point. And thankfully, that was not the book I was meant to write. Mm. And so I had to figure out how to get money back. Then every speech starts to cancel. The PPP loans aren't there yet. Now I'm wondering, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my teams? My kids come home. Like Our house is a tsunami of grief, anger. We've got three kids, two whose college experience has just imploded. Mm. So yeah. by three weeks in, I'm literally have not changed out of my pajamas in several weeks. Wow. I am eating breakfast for dinner. Mm. Uh -huh. The dog is letting himself out. <laughs> we as a family are on the couch, just mainlining glee. Mm. Mm. And I wake up one morning and I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders. And everybody's had this feeling. Yeah. This is why the high five habit is exploding. It is exactly what was supposed to hit the world right now. Mm. Everybody feels depleted, punched in the face, mm -hmm. uncertain, low energy. Yeah. That's exactly how I was waking up. Mm. And so I, on the morning that I, that I invented this high five habit, I woke up, I felt the pin of anxiety. I know better than to lay there. So I go five, four, three, two, one, use the five second rule. I get out of bed. I make mm. my bed so I don't climb back into it. Yeah. I then walk to the bathroom. As in, I'm standing in the bathroom, I'm doing this disgusting habit we just talked about. I'm in my underwear. Don't even have a bra on, haven't had a cup of coffee yet, and I'm brushing my teeth, and I'm already thinking, like you said, mm. about all the things I need to do. Yeah. I got to call the kid's therapist. I got to figure out this. I got to, how am I going to pay the bill? Ha -ba 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 -ba. And all of a sudden, I catch a glimpse of myself, and I go, oh, oh my God, you look like hell. Mm. Gray hair coming in, dark circles under my eyes. I got this waddle on my neck, one boobs hanging lower than the other. And then, of course, <laughs> as I'm beating the hell out of myself, I now start to think, how am I going to get done today? Like, I, I, I didn't answer the text. I haven't walked the dog. How am I going to get ready? And it, like, now I'm just pow, pow, mm, pow. Yeah. Now, if either one of you had walked into the room, mm -hmm. first uh -huh. of all, you would have been horrified. But secondly, <laughs> I would have been able to spin on a dime. I would have been able to turn and be like, uh, you got this. You guys have been so successful. You have mm. reinvented yourself so many times. Do you know who you are? Do you mm. know that your documentary is on Netflix in 90 countries? Do you know? Do, have mm. you forgot? Like, I would have been able to lift you up and mm. kick you right out of that thing. No problem. Mm. But you were having trouble doing that for yourself because of the stories that you were manufacturing Boom. in your mind. Yeah. Boom. Thousand percent. And also, even if I had said some stupid pep talk, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. Mm. This is why most mantras, by the way, don't work for people. Hmm. Because you pick something you don't believe. Mm. The stories that you have been telling yourself are so plowed into your mind that your mind's like, yep, nope, you don't think you're awesome. I got 20 years of you telling me otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That mantras don't work. You have to pick a pathetic mantra. We'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah. so I'm standing there. My attitude's going into the tank. I have no idea. I think it was the universe, literally. I think the universe was like, the world needs this now, and this crazy lady is the one to do it. <laughs> Boom. And so I 
see myself in the mirror. And let's go back to, is it Frederico? Frederico. Yeah. yeah. I see myself in the mirror. I put my toothbrush down. And for whatever reason, I find myself raising my hand as pathetic as it sounds to my own reflection because the woman in the near mirror looked like she needed it. Oh. Mm. Yes. And here's the thing. First of all, it's not like lightning shot through the ceiling and struck me, okay? It's mm. not like the heavens opened and the angels sang in that moment. Mm-hmm. But something shifted, and we're going to talk about the science of what you're going to feel shift inside you because the coolest thing about the high five habit is it's actually taking programming in your nervous system and your brain mm. and physiologically that's already programmed in you yes, and it's aiming it back at you. Uh-huh. It's the coolest freaking thing in the world. Mm. I want to talk to you about that. I also want to talk about where self-doubt comes from. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get to a question here from Mark in Perth, Australia. I've read all your books. I listened to almost all your podcasts. I can't find much information on your broken marriages. Unfortunately, me and my wife separated early this year as we were going in different directions and our values were also different. How did you guys both bounce back from your broken marriages and also manage the guilt? Talk about a, a template for self-doubt, inner conflict, looking in the rear view and pointing out every single thing that went wrong. Mark, I'm so sorry that you're going through this, and I understand the pain because Ryan and I have certainly both been through this. Mm. And and the, the pain that is there also starts to cloud the past in a way. It starts making up stories that didn't necessarily exist or amplifying these tiny little stories. Now, can we talk about this? Hell yes. This is it right here. What Mark is going through is it. Because when you stand in the bathroom before yourself, and I said there are two people in the bathroom. There's you, Mark, the guy going through the divorce with all of the regret and the shame and the beating up and everything that he's experiencing in real time, which is normal. And there's a human being in the mirror who's also experiencing it. Yes. Who needs your partnership. And so when Mark stands in front of the mirror, Mark, after you listen to this, I actually want you to go right to your bathroom right now. I want you to stand in front of your mirror and I want you to take a minute and just look at yourself. Look past your face, look past your body. I want you to see if you can see the energy, the spirit, the soul, the the humanity in the person in the mirror. Mm. And what you're going to experience is I tell you, now I want you feeling everything that you feel. Regret, shame, sadness, fear, uncertainty, all of it. Not suppressing it. Oh, God, no. And I don't want you to say a thing uh-huh. because mantras don't work. Uh-huh. Amen I want, to that. <laughs> I want you to just raise your hand in silence and high-five yourself. Mm. Now, what's going to happen is one of two things. One of two things happens. We've now been researching this for a year. We have 100,000 people at this moment from 90 countries doing a five-day challenge. It is incredible. And there are only two things that people experience when you do the high five habit for the first time. First of all, you're going to stand there and everybody has this feeling like, am I really doing a high five in the mirror? Like, this is kind of stupid. Like, come on. (laughs) Well, the reason why we all have that feeling is because we are breaking the opposite habit. Uh So your brain currently rejects you. A high five, let's talk about a high five and what it represents. When either one of you have high five somebody else or you've received one, mm-hmm. what does the high five communicate? Joy. Yes. Yep. Celebration. What else? Um, encouragement, yeah. motivation, 
Uh, inspiration. Acceptance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you've never high-fived somebody and went, I hate you. You suck. <laughs> I hope you lose. Even when a teammate blows a shot, if you high-five them, you're like, uh, oh, shake it off. Man. I still believe in you. Yes. What are you getting? Yeah. Oh, no. It just makes me think of a boss we used to have who would always go to people like to high-five them, and then he'd pull it away. What a dick. I know. He was such a dick. But it was, but it was like, but it's, it's amazing though. Like just, it's the exact opposite uh, because he was, he was uh, holding back that high five. Correct. Like he's getting someone excited for it. And he's like, psych, I'm not going to high five you loser. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. that says. Yeah. But so when you actually have done a high five or received one, mm-hmm. you have gotten a boost of dopamine. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system gets the energy of celebration jolted through it. Mm. Physiologically, you change. It's why it feels so good. And so your brain doesn't know the difference between high-fiving somebody else and actually high-fiving yourself mm. because it's been an action that's been repeated for so long. This is a field of study called neurobics. Uh-huh. So all of the goodness that comes from high-fiving somebody else, the positive programming, I believe in you, I see you, I love you, shake it off, I still got you, mm-hmm. I'm encouraging you, we're doing this, we can still win, it's okay. Yeah. This is hard, but okay. Mm-hmm. All of that positive programming is in your basal ganglia and is attached to the physical motion of a high five. I love it. The second Mark stands in front of the mirror to practice the high five habit, and he feels weird. That's okay. That means you're about to practice new behavior, and you go to raise your hand. You can, in the moment you start, be thinking, I hate my life. I fucked things up. I wish I could change things. But as you start to extend your arm, your brain recognizes the gesture and shuts that stuff down. Mm. Because neurologically, you cannot think something negative. Mm. The programming's already in there. This is the coolest thing in the world. You don't have to say a thing. And so the high five isn't like, yeah, I'm getting divorced. That's not what it is. Mm. It's, holy cow, this is hard. And I still love you. Mm. And I'm still going to be here with you. I see you. I see you. And we're going to get through this together. Yes. It's going to be okay. That's what the high five says in that moment. Mm-hmm. And most people resist. So you're either going to have a super positive reaction. So uh, the positive reaction comes in two forms. You either crack a big smile or you laugh. That's the dopamine flooding your brain. Mm-hmm. Or you start sobbing. Mm. And the sobbing is a sign. It's a release. It's this partnership and connection to yourself at a crazy deep level that you've been yearning for for decades. Yes. And it feels so good. Mm. But the more common thing, and this is what Mark is probably going to feel, is resistance. And the resistance is all of the baggage that we want to delete from your life. So when you stand before yourself in the mirror, you drag, we minimalists hate this, you drag a freight train semi truck load full of crap from your past. If you, let's get, talk about the categories that this falls into, because there are three. I've researched the heck out of this. Like, bring it on. I can literally go for hours about the power <laughs> of this. I am so excited, not because it's worked for me, but because I am standing shoulder to shoulder with hundreds of thousands of people around the world and the yeah. world's leading researchers saying, this not only works, it is groundbreaking. Yeah. And because it's the how for forgiveness. Mm. It's the how for self-love. It is the how for self-empowerment. It's incredible. And so um, as Mark stands there, and as you stand there, and if you start to feel this resistance, the first category of resistance is things that have been done to you. Mm. So if you've experienced trauma, addiction, Mm -hmm. abuse, abandonment, neglect, heartache, terrible accidents, all of stuff that you're not responsible for, Mm -hmm. 
A lot of people drag that cargo load full and park it between themselves and the person in the mirror. Mm. And they see all of that and say, the person I see does not deserve a high five because they're unworthy or damaged or unlovable because of that. <sighs> what are you getting? I see you smiling ear mm. to ear. Yeah. No, I, you know, it's funny you brought up the, the narcissism earlier. And I think one of the reasons I, the, the, the reasons I actually look in the mirror is hey, I'm going to check my hair. How's my hair today? Yeah. Right. And so there isn't, is, there isn't a seeing of the other person. In fact, I've always, I've always identified with, uh, you know, the musician Moby. He yeah. removed all the mirrors from his house sort mm. of thing. And what I appreciated about that is he was trying to remove the vanity from, from his life. And maybe there was a point where that was necessary for him, but also at the same time, what you might be removing is that seeing of yourself. Yeah. Mm. Mark, I'm going to send you a copy of Mel's book. It's called the F high five habit. Also, you asked about Ryan's and my failed marriages failed in quotes, <laughs> because I, I wouldn't look at them that way. There's, we graduated from some marriages yeah. at mm. one point and we wrote about that in love people use things. So I'm going to send you a copy of that as well, because we talk about in there about infidelity from both of us, but mm. also uh, the things, the marriage was over way before the marriage was over. Mm. And we, we write about sort of what happened and love people use things. So we're going to send you a copy of both of those books, Mark. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is? It's time for the lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions or comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Now, Mel, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I and our guests, we do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. Okay. We call them minimal maxims. And Podcast Sean edits them, puts the right commas and semicolons in, and makes it look beautiful for the show notes. He has a pocket full of M dashes as well. He's, <laughs> he's an M dash connoisseur. You can find all those in the show notes also over at minimalmaxims.com. Thanks to our good friend Jessica. She puts them over there. Now, really, what we do is we wander on a bit. We get a question. We'll, we'll just talk about it. And then we'll tweeze out something that's tweetable. We have a question here from Caden. Can thinking negatively about yourself actually benefit your life in a positive way? Mm. Can thinking negatively benefit you positively? I, I reject the premise of the question. <laughs> um, the, the negative thinking versus the positive thinking. These are mantras in a way, right? It, and we often tell, I just need to think more positively. And if I say the right things in the right order and do the 17 different steps, then I will be happy. Mm. Now, this question is a little bit different. It's, are negative thoughts positive for me? Based on the research, yes. Talk there about are two that. forms of guilt. Okay. Mm. There's destructive and productive. Productive guilt is guilt that motivates you to change. Mm. I missed my brother's birthday again. Damn it. Mm. I feel bad about that. I feel guilty about that. So I am going to put it in my calendar on repeat yes. a week before. But that guilt motivated me to change. But dwelling on it oh my then God, becomes no. the problem. And, and I hesitate like you to even say that, yes, it can, because the majority of the fifty to 80,000 thoughts that you have today, experts basically have pegged it between 80 to 90% are negative. Mm. And so I don't think there is any benefit to... Talking negatively to yourself, to beating yourself up, to being hard on yourself, the research actually shows that it's demotivating and demoralizing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even when you, you, you know, have that, that thought, it's a negative thought that creates some positive action. So it's really the positive action that you're, because you're recognizing the symptom and you're like, oh, I have to do something to avoid this in the future. But still, 
like, I also want to say, like, you can't think your way out of a bad situation. <laughs> right. You cannot, you, it, thinking is not going to do much for you if you're in a bad situation. Well, you know what else I just realized in the example that I gave hmm. is that I had already teased apart hmm. the thing that I did for my self-worth. Yeah. So the mistake that most people make is they say, I missed my brother's birthday. I'm a bad person. Therefore, right. I'm the type of person Correct. who is habitually Correct. late or wrong or Correct. bad or negative. Correct. And so here's, here's a pithy answer for you. Maybe we can unpack it a little bit. You would break up with anyone who treats you as poorly as you treat yourself. And, and that person wouldn't be your friend. They wouldn't be your lover. They wouldn't be your spouse. If my wife treated me the way that I treat me, yeah. we'd have some serious problems, right? I don't know about that. Oh, I think wow. most people actually uh, are in relationships that reflect how they feel about themselves. Again, Ooh. your most powerful relationship is the one you have with the person in the mirror. Right. If you can't look at yourself... And even though you don't have a million dollars in the bank or you're 40 pounds overweight or you're not where you thought you were, if you can't look at yourself and still see a human being that deserves support and that deserves love and is still trying, yes. you will step out of the world, out into the world, and you will seek that validation from everybody else. And you also won't let people fully love you because if you can't love yourself, you'll start to think, how could they possibly love me? So mm. I actually don't agree with that. I think mm. I think that your friends do treat you well, but if you want to go, might treat you better than you probably do, but that's just to your face. Yeah. And I also feel that it does come back to how you feel about yourself. Mm. It's interesting because like when I talk to myself in a negative light, I mean, yeah, I would not, if anyone talked to me the way that I talk to myself, you effing idiot, what the heck is your problem? You're such a moron. If anyone talked to me like that, I I agree, I see what you're saying, Milburn. Like I would totally look at them and be like, "In what world do you think it's okay to voice these things to me like that?" Yeah, but it's okay for me to do it to myself. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I also think we underestimate how people have been spoken to growing up mm. and how their family dynamics and family systems operate oh, yeah. it yeah. with the smackdowns and the passive aggressive. And the uh, kind of like boundary needing behavior mm -hmm. that has become so casual that we just kind of tolerate it because it was done to our parents. So they do it to us and now we do it back to them. Yes. And I'm here to say the high five in the mirror by reestablishing and rebuilding a really powerful, compassionate, supportive relationship with yourself it will change every relationship that you have oh, because yeah. when you start to treat yourself with respect, you will not accept disrespect from other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. That's, that's tweetable. You can tweet that podcast, Sean. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, it just makes me think about how, like my buddy sent me this um, YouTube video of like this guy kind of like just criticizing our last documentary. And I like, I, I was just kind of watching it and now, you know, the, the guy's entitled to his opinion and I didn't really watch the whole thing through, just kind of looked at the highlights. And then I ran into him later, um, was over at his house and he was like, yeah, man, he's like, how do you get through when someone like, <laughs> you know, criticize you? He's like, I don't know. I don't know if I could put up with that if I was in your position. I'm like, dude, I really love who I see in the mirror and I'm doing my best, man. Like that person is entitled to his opinion and that's all it is. It's an opinion. But if I didn't like the, the, the man that I saw in the mirror, I would project all of the negative emotions and Correct. he misunderstands me and no, you're wrong because of this. But I, I can really separate that. Uh, yeah. The criticism from the, the anger that 
you know, 10 years ago, I probably would have had. Well, and what's interesting is that people that spend a lot of time gossiping Mm -hmm. or criticizing Mm -hmm. do that to themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So you got, like, I look at anybody that sits in their parents' basement and fires off comments Mm. with extreme sadness and empathy. I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. what is your life like that you actually turned on a camera and needed attention by just pounding our documentary into the sand like wow poor guy you poor thing who hurt you so badly yeah Yeah. imagine if you put that same energy into actually creating something you care about yeah oh and well it's it's this guy makes a living from from criticizing i'm sure but there there are professional critics too and so the counter argument to that is there are some people who do add to the conversation just because someone you don't have to like our documentary either, right? And so once the thing the thing has been created, it's no longer up for me to determine because I can't base my happiness, my joy, my satisfaction on the opinions of everyone. Well, let me let me come back to the high five habit because mm-hmm. this is relevant. We talked about one piece of baggage, all the stuff that was done to you. Mark is facing the baggage that's the second piece. Mark, our, our person who is getting the divorce. Mm-hmm. Because the other thing you bring into the bathroom is you bring in all the things you've done that you mm. regret. The addiction, the lying, the cheating, the squandering of opportunity, the hurting yourself, the hurting of other people. All shit you just did while you were trying to survive. Yeah. And then stuff that you would forgive Mel Robbins or either one of you two for. Mm. But when you stand in front of yourself, like Mark's going to stand in front of himself, he will judge all the things he wish he had done differently. And he's going to see a person that doesn't deserve a high five right now because of those things. And I'm here to tell you, if you actually want to graduate from this marriage, if you want to heal and learn, you have to raise your hand for where you are and say, despite all of that, I'm going to still be here supporting you and you still deserve to do better. And then when we're talking about this piece about self-criticism and judgment, again, Everybody has a habit of self-rejection in some form. Mm. And so one of the reasons why we have it is as youngsters, we got a lot of positive praise for achieving. That's right. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you get a good grade, you do great in the snowboarding competition, you you know play great in the band, everybody's cheering, it feels good, you get a dopamine release. Mm-hmm. And so now we've become these adults that are addicted to external validation. Yeah, pleasure-seeking. Yes, you want, you, but, and, and again, we are subject and, and victims of this, looking for likes. You think if you don't drive a Range Rover or have a million dollars or your hair's not kinky or this, that, and the other thing, mm-hmm. that until you have those things, until you lose the weight, until you launch the podcast, until you do the things that you're supposed to be doing, you don't deserve a high five. If I didn't go to the gym today, why would I high five myself? I'll tell you why. You're fucking breathing. Mm-hmm. We celebrate your birthday. Why? Why do we mm-hmm. celebrate birthdays? Uh, just to, yeah, to celebrate the life that, that yeah, that we yes. were born. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And for most of us, because self-doubt and the stories, you t- uh, talked about this in the open, mm-hmm. are so relentless mm-hmm. and so relentlessly negative. You have no idea all of the things you're doing so well. Mm. You have no idea all of the little things that you do. You got out of bed. You fed the dog. You got to work. You smiled at somebody. You sent three emails. And my book, mm. That Makes You, 
deserving of a high five. Amen. And by the way, you don't have to do anything to be deserving Correct. of celebrating. It's not about the doing. It's about the being. Correct. Yeah. You yeah. need this. Like we are looking to everybody else, our bosses, our friends, our spouses, our partners, everybody mm-hmm. to give us our most fundamental need. Do you see me? Yeah. Do you love me? Mm. Do you support me? Mm-hmm. That's what we all want. And I'm here to tell you, if you start every day by simply demonstrating to yourself, by high-fiving yourself in the mirror, and you let all of that programming and the dopamine and the jolt of celebratory circuitry work in your nervous system, you affirm your most foundational needs. And this is not just Mel Robbins making this up. Chapter two is packed with research. There are 10 pages of citations in the back of this book on Mm -hmm. all the studies that have been done. I love it. Ryan, you got something pithy for us? Yeah, my pithy answer is this. Self-love extinguishes the flame of self-hate. So that's really the that's answer. Beautiful. I mean, yeah, you might be able to take a negative emotion and, and, and react from that and do something different, but really, like, the, the, the answer is self-love, not self-criticism. Yeah, the, the flip that around, it's if Caden uh, was asking, if I hate myself more, will I eventually love myself more? Mm. Obviously, we know the answer Obviously there. Not. We got a bunch more to talk about, but first, Emma, you got something for us? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hello, Josh and Ryan. My name is Mandy Bender. I am calling from Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm calling today because I have a great solution for what to do with an old wedding dress, especially if it's kind of outdated and not likely to be worn again. The hospitals in my area have a wonderful program. They have volunteers who take old wedding dresses and make burial gowns for infants. I think this is a great way to honor these children. And I know it is something the families mourning the loss of a child will find value in. Hi, this is Jesse Hazelwood in Austin, Texas, and I was listening to the podcast and a woman commented about what's next. I've decluttered and now what's next. And I think that I've experienced some of the anxiety that I heard in her voice about, okay, now, now what? And I think that I personally still feel the need to veg out and not work. And, but at the same time, I will go and check my email. And now that is a joy to me because I've cleaned it out. And the emails that I'm getting are telling me that I've got a new podcast or it's my favorite, um, shopping site. I really like fashion and research and fashion. And, um, but I get to sit down and enjoy that and not worry about, oh, this isn't clean. My house is cluttered and I need to get up and do something and have that extra layer of anxiety on top. And then also playing my guitar when I'm playing it, I'm not worried about all the things that I need to do. I can actually sit down and enjoy doing the things that I want and and finding joy in my life. All right, y'all. Big thanks to Mel Robbins for joining us today. Check out her new book. It's called The High Five Habit. And then, of course, she's doing something. She has over 100,000 people, Ryan, doing the High Five Challenge right now. Yeah. It's a free app that you can download, highfivechallenge.com. We'll put a link to that and the book in the show notes. And then this Thursday on Patreon, we're going to spend a ton of time with her, diving deep into the five-second rule and a bunch of other surprise questions. You can join us at patreon.com slash The Minimalist. That's The Minimalist private podcast. It's completely separate from this, but it plays in your favorite podcast app. Now, real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of The Minimalist. We've been talking about doubts today. 
And Bex and I, you know, Bex has a podcast called How to Love. And we just did an episode over there, Ryan, that is, I mean, we talked about all of the doubts in our marriage, especially some stuff that's been coming up recently since we've been going through this ca- uh, custody battle in court. And it has been, I've talked to you privately about it. And we've finally started talking about it publicly and semi-publicly. If you want to listen to any of that, we have a public version on Apple and Spotify and Google or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called How to Love. Or if you want the private version, you can find that at howtolove.show. Now, Ryan, for our added value segment this week, we were listening to this morning, Noah Gunderson. He's got a brand new album coming out. Get Uh, out. In fact, it's out by the time this episode comes out. Nice. And he's got this song called Sleepless in Seattle, and it's sort of about falling out of love with the city that you fell in love with. Mm. And I mean, we've all experienced something like that at some point where we've been in love in a relationship or with a job or with somewhere we've been, and then the self-doubt creeps in or the mm. doubt about the situation creeps in. Mm. So this new album is called A Pillar of Salt, and this is the lead single from that album it's called sleepless in seattle by the way we have a bunch more surprise questions this week like how do you move past childhood trauma and learn to love yourself how do you strike a balance between loving and accepting yourself for who you are but also striving to better yourself how can you help and interact with people who speak negatively about themselves. Plus a million more questions for Mel and The Minimalist. And if you want to hear all that, join us on The Minimalist private podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash The Minimalist to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You'll gain immediate access to hundreds of hours of private archives, recordings of live events, monthly Ask The Minimalist Anything sessions, and our private community of thousands of open-minded minimizers just like you. Subscribe today, patreon.com slash The Minimalists. You could follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Come to one of our live podcast shows. We're doing, well, we're halfway through the tour right now, Ryan. TheMinimalists.com slash tour to find a love people use things tour stop near you. You can also sign up for our email list over there. And we'll notify you when we're coming to a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalist. And if you leave here today with just one message, let it be this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Just so we can burn it down Cause every bar in this city Reminds me of somebody now If I get drunk at 12th and Union Whose street will I go on?